Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode 27 of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the students, faculty, staff, and community partners affiliated with the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in Indianapolis. I'm Jack Terman, Jr., your host for the podcast and a member of the faculty in this great department. Today, our students Imani, Haley, and Sandra discuss the book Rural Development, Putting the Last First by Robert Chambers. Addressing the needs of our rural citizens is critical as their isolation, powerlessness, and exploitation continues to grow. As we learned a few episodes ago, the majority of the poor around the world live in rural conditions. I think that this book is timely and critical for us because it focuses on what an outsider to a rural community needs to consider when deciding to work with rural citizens in their neighborhoods. He nicely addresses the implicit biases that outsiders need to consider before and during interactions with rural citizens. The conversation returns to similar themes we have addressed throughout this season, the need to spend time with individuals in their environment to understand their priorities and perspectives, and always taking an assets-based approach when designing programs and initiatives. Thinking of these themes that keep emerging in our students' conversations on our podcast remind me of a Confucius saying that went something like this, quote, everything has beauty, but not everyone sees it. If we really want to build healthy, hope-filled communities, we need to spend time with people in their neighborhoods to see the beauty that they and their neighborhood possess and build our work from there. Let's join the conversation. Hello, my name is Sandra Malescu. My name is Haley Vest. And my name is Imani Washington. And we're here to talk about the book entitled Rural Development, Putting the Last First by Robert Chambers. Rural poverty is still a prevalent issue throughout the world, even today in 2019. Recently, the United Nations adopted its first ever resolution to tackle poverty eradication in rural areas of developing countries with the goal of promoting socioeconomic development in rural areas by improving infrastructure. China has been one of the leading countries with this mission, stating that one of their goals for the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development is ending poverty in rural areas where nearly 80% of their population considered extremely poor currently live. A recent NPR report showed that even in America, nearly a quarter of children growing up in rural America were considered poor in 2016, putting the United States in 36th place out of 175 nations just above Russia, Kuwait, and Bosnia. In this book, Robert Chambers seeks to show that rural poverty is misperceived, misunderstood, and misjudged by outside individuals who have an inaccurate understanding of the problem. He also describes how and why it is up to the health research and policy development professionals to select and create policies that improve quality in these disadvantaged communities. 
All right, so let's talk a little bit about the background of the author. Robert Chambers has been one of the leading advocates for the poor and marginalized since the 1980s. He believes that during the policy development process, a lot of times poverty is overlooked and that these problems should be taken into account when development problems are identified. This is why he is known for popularizing the phrase, putting the last first. Throughout his career, he stressed the need for development professionals to be critically self-aware. Today, there is widespread acceptance of a participatory research approach due to his work. These beliefs and values are present very frequently throughout the book, Rural Development. Chambers' motivations were based on alleviating problems due to poverty in rural communities and drawing attention to the needs of the rural poor in a meaningful way. He mentions that the book is made for those who are concerned with rural poverty and rural development. Those two concepts, rural poverty and development, become the central domains to the call of action, sort of, that he makes in the book. Many of his suggestions and analysis are made to help from the viewpoint of those working and living outside of these poor rural communities. So he dives into things like what the outsiders need to do, how the outsiders can change themselves, the impact the outsiders have on rural development, etc. He considers outsiders individuals that are concerned with rural development, but are neither rural nor poor. In the book, he begins by describing the outsider's outlook toward the rural poor and how poverty is extremely underperceived. Some of the reasons being that outsiders are stuck in their urban mindsets and that their rural experiences are limited to short visits to these communities. Short, small visits become more so anecdotal evidence rather than actual research development material. Chambers makes a large point in this book about how different biases exist that impede outsiders' contact with rural poverty. He lists six different biases and will briefly explain. The first type is a spatial bias, meaning that contact is disrupted by location, limitations to travel, underdevelopment of roads, and distance between residential and corporation establishments. For example, Rural development tourists tend to stick to visible areas that are close to roads rather than going beyond to areas that are much harder to access. The second, project bias, is repeating the same efforts and projects that have the same outcomes. This starts a cycle of research-generated research and studies conducted to reinforce principles that are already set in motion, which really overlooks unconsidered problems that may exist. Chambers makes the argument here that it is important to ask people living in the context under the study to give their inputs on the real needs of their communities. Chambers also talks about person bias, which means that the outlets that collect data and information about rural poverty, who or whatever they may be, are biased towards poor people. The data collection techniques may be limited to who can and will be represented as the rural poor. Dry season biases arise because there is not much contact and travel to rural areas when the weather is not temperate. A lot of interaction, observation, and data collection occurs during the dry season. However, wet season, as it's called, is usually the most difficult time economically in these areas due to agricultural constraints. So what ends up happening is outsiders who only visit during the dry season can miss the full picture of life in rural areas. 
Chambers also mentions diplomatic bias, which can come from not having a politically correct or polite way to discuss the research subject matter without offending the community. Professional bias also exists as a result of focusing less attention on rural deprivation and more attention on personal interests that the researcher or development group may have. The last few chapters focus on how outsiders need to change, what can be done for the sake of research and development, and Chambers explains many of the unknown contributors and aspects of rural poverty. Right, yeah. He talks about things like isolation, powerlessness, and exploitation of the community, and many other factors that contribute to the problem. It's really interesting that these problems exist, and most people are completely unaware. I think we can all agree that before this book, we had very little exposure to a lot of these issues. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of the things that I learned while reading was the conflicting interests of academics and practitioners. Chambers discussed how practitioners are action-oriented, they tend to have a positive approach, and they usually have strict deadlines based on funding requirements. On the other hand, academics are more critical, they take a negative approach, and they rarely have time constraints, which means that their research is published years later. That's a great point. Those competing priorities makes it hard for them to work together. I was also interested to learn in general about the different ways such a large problem can go unseen and even unconsidered. Even to this day, I really never see any media outlets or people pressing issues for the rural poor community. Up until reading the book, I always associated rural lifestyle with country and farm life. Me too. So let's move on and talk about the things that really stood out while reading. I thought what was really moving was how brave the author was to call out the outsiders and the urban life people. Many people have the idea that rural folk live their way of living and they don't want to change without even understanding their true way of life, that they can't change and that it will take a bit of effort from the outside world to help, just as with third world or other developing countries. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I was struck by how passionate Chambers is about advocating for the rural poor. It is clear that he has a lot of knowledge about poverty in rural settings and provided a comprehensive account of this multifaceted issue. Chambers even acknowledges that he's part of the quote-unquote urban core, but you can tell that the needs of rural poor are extremely important to him and that he wants to generate greater awareness for them. Yes, and he provided some helpful strategies to address rural poverty. For example, he mentions taking an asset-based approach where one can work with the community members to gain insight on their needs and priorities. On page 140, he specifically talks about enabling the poor to mobilize and organize to demand, gain, and maintain control over assets and income. And in order for real research and development to be successfully achieved, Chambers demands that outsiders step out of their comfort zones into positions of direct rural exposure and informal learning. He goes on to introduce the idea that rural inhabitants are sort of trapped in their condition and that the initiative to change and get better must be established by outsiders who have more power and better access to resources. Urban cities tend to draw people and resources out of rural areas with the advent of new technology, business, modern culture, urban life, administrations, hospitals, libraries, and and so much more. 
Yeah, so let's discuss some of the things that communities can actually do to help. Outsiders seeking to change the condition of poor rural communities must be willing to subject themselves to an experience different from any research they have ever done before. They need to gain the trust and work with rural individuals to understand their needs and ideas for working with their communities. Then they need to take the time to be in rural communities to understand the communities better. Here are some key principles to help you work with rural community members. First, rural problems have to be approached differently than the urban development problems. The processes that deprive and maintain deprivation in these communities must cease and be reversed. It is important to talk with the people in these communities to understand these processes and the stories behind them. Second, focus on closing the gap between work, industry, authority, resources, and residents. This can be done through what Chambers refers to as spatial reversals. And what happens with those is programs become decentralized. For example, he talks about government officials in Tanzania that have relocated from the urban core to regional headquarters where they are more in touch with the communities that they serve. Third, people can start telling the needs and stories of the often overlooked rural poor areas. Yes, I think we would be surprised at the stories we could find. And finally, talk to policymakers and start advocating for the rural poor, discovering actual experiences, accurate representations of the lifestyle, and translating that into common knowledge so that more in the outsider community are moved to put the last first. Which is what Chambers is trying to tell us during the whole book. So hopefully this discussion can guide those interested in working with rural areas in the future. Thanks so much for listening, and please be sure to share this with your friends.